This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning. Welcome into the action line from WGNS this morning. We are focusing on women's health, and our first guest is uh, MTSU graduate Jan Chastine Vaughn, and she has been doing some miraculous things. She's uh, she's been a part of a, a wonderful thing that happened. First of all, let's say good morning to Jan. Jan, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. It's great to have you with us. Jan is a, a Blue Raider grad, and just for the fun of it, uh, I am also a Blue Raider grad, and I was checking some of my old college yearbooks and found you there, uh, so we were there about the same time. I, I found you, I think it was in uh, the 1966 edition. Uh, right, exactly. And I, I think it said you were from Winchester. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. And let me, is it okay to throw in something? Sure. My mother also attended MTSC at Teachers College when okay. it was a Teachers College. Now, you had the so, distinction of being able to be there when they changed from MTSC to MTSU, I guess. Correct. Correct. And she was there in the 20s, of course. And so MTSU, your blood is true blue, so to speak. (laughs) Definitely. Go Blue Raiders. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, now, tell us what makes your life so unusual, in addition to being a fun Blue Raider grad. Well, yes. Uh, I've had a heart transplant, and it was 35 years ago. And as far as I know and have been told, I am the longest surviving heart transplant recipient over time. And that was, I haven't. Go ahead. I haven't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I, I was just uh, interjecting an idea, but go ahead and, and finish your sentence. Okay. I haven't quite made the Guinness uh, Book of Records, but. Maybe someday. Well, I th- that is something to be proud of, and you had this uh, completed at uh, at the hospital here, at uh, St. Thomas Hospital. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And so you're you're a big believer in St. Thomas Ascension Hospital and uh, all the good that they do. Well, we're very fortunate to have uh, that caliber of medical assistance uh, here in, in the Middle Tennessee area. We really are. Now, you you look back over the years. Uh, it, it had to be a frightening experience when it happened. And I'm, I'm bringing this up because I have a feeling there are probably people listening right now 
who are in line for a transplant, uh, and, and they're going through a lot of the same things you went through. Share with us what you would advise them to do to, to make it peacefully through this beginning period. Okay. First, I would keep my faith. And second, um, be patient. Uh, I don't know where to go with this, Bart, but at the beginning, I was the only female, and that was a, a hindrance because I wanted to talk to someone else who had had a transplant. And it's very helpful to have someone to talk to and confide in. So you were the one that was uh, the trailblazer, so to speak. So to speak. At St. Thomas, I was the sixth recipient and the first female. Now, now that you have this behind you, and it's been some 35 years, uh, have you had any problems? And, and what could you tell somebody else who's waiting right now for a transplant? Now that you've gone through this and you've had 35 years of happiness. Exactly. Now, there is an adjustment period, and I'll be honest about that. You have a new organ in your body, and there is an adjustment period. But if you listen to your doctors, listen to your coordinators, and listen to your nurses, and follow their instructions, you will be okay. But you have to be patient and diligent. Now, one thing that I have noticed in, in looking over some of the information that we've been given about what you've been doing over the past 35 years, this has not slowed you down at all. No, not at all. From the very beginning, I was anxious to, I had this new gift, and I was anxious to get out, use it, uh, walk, ride, travel, uh move several times, uh, you know, to different locations. And it's just been a blessing. That's, that's all I can say. And I have not just sat around and lived in a bubble. That I have not done. Now, I noticed that, uh, in, in, of course, being an MTSU graduate, uh, whenever a lot of people think about Middle Tennessee State University, they think of not only teachers, but they think of the aviation department, and you took some classes there as well. Yes, and uh, no, not in aviation. Oh, okay. I thought you were a pilot. No. Oh, I wish. Okay, there I guess it was a just a picture of you. Right. I did fly my husband's plane a couple of times, but no, I did not take any lessons. Okay. Well, I saw that picture Anything? and I thought MTSU. <laughs> right. No, I wish. I wish. Well, you need to talk your husband into flying back to Murfreesboro. We've just oh. built a new airport and it is beautiful. Oh, I would love to see it. 
until COVID is out of the way, we're not going anywhere. I don't blame you. That, that's that's a good uh, a good lesson for everybody to have. Well, exactly. Tell us what else uh, you would encourage people to be doing if they are, you know, thinking about getting a, a transplant. Their doctors have said, you are eligible. We need to move forward. Uh, do you have a certain window of opportunity? Is that the way this works, or how does that work? You're on a list, and you're just that's where the patient comes in. You're on a list, and they match you with the donor, and when your time comes, it's there, but it could take a while. Just when, like with any other organ transplant. When you say it could take a while, what what are you, a month, three months, a year? Oh, what? It could take it could take months to a year. Now I was blessed in that mine came. I had been on the uh, list, and after I was on the list, mine came very quickly, and it was a God's blessing. And um, I didn't have a waiting period or anything. It just, it happened. Now, do they, I, do they try to match the organ to a person of the same gender, or does that matter? That doesn't matter. I have a male heart ticking in my chest. Uh, it's blood factors, um I'm sorry, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are a lot of strange questions coming at you all of a sudden. I can imagine. Yeah, and I'm not used to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing great. You really are. Uh, well, but the thank you. main thing is to encourage people listening who are in need of a transplant uh, is to know that you have a, a, a fruitful life ahead of you. Go ahead and do it and, and have confidence. It's going to work out. Exactly. That That's the key. And keep your faith. You've got to keep your faith. Very definitely. And so have you had to exercise in special ways? And have you had to do other unique things over the past 35 years? No, I haven't really. Uh, with this new heart, it gave me opportunities to exercise, uh, I did, um, you know, do a lot of walking, and uh, it just didn't stop me. Mm -hmm. Well, now, do you still practice, uh, you know, a lot of exercise? Is that is that an important part of your life now, and, and really probably everybody else's? Yes, it really is. Um Right now, I'm a little more dormant, and I will throw this out if it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to watch your kidneys because the drugs that we take are very hard on the kidneys. And I will be on a waiting list for a kidney transplant as soon as I have one more test to go through. And I'm looking forward to the kidney transplant because I've been through the heart transplant and I'm looking forward to having a new kidney 
to, you know, carry me on. One thing that I might say is for the persons who are waiting and have a transplant, drink plenty of water. Keep keep flushed out. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned drink plenty of water, exercise, things. We hear that all the time for everybody, but we don't right. seem to do it. No, we don't. And it's very key, very key, especially with a, an organ transplant. Now, when you say drink a lot of water, I have heard uh, that in normal life, people should take their weight, divide it in half, and drink that many ounces of water a day. So if you weigh 150 pounds, divide that in half, that's 75. And so you should drink 75 ounces of water a day. Uh, is is I that? Have, I, ha- I have not heard that, Bart, but that makes sense. Okay, we never we never quite accomplish that though. <laughs> no, but we should try. We should, even you know, even other people should. It should be part of our regular routine. That and normal exercise, uh, just part of our regular routine. Did exactly. you did you get an opportunity to know who your donor was and to be able to thank their family? I wasn't allowed. Back in the early days, we were not allowed to be in touch with the family. But there was a newspaper article that came out at the time of my transplant. And we put two and two together and found out his name. He was from Cookville. And in one of my later uh, reports or interviews that I did, his stepmother heard it and knew that I had her son's heart beating in my chest. That had to be a positive feeling for her. I mean, it's, you can never, yeah, go ahead. It was very positive, and I wanted to do so much for this individual's family, and I wasn't allowed but he has given me 35 years of a wonderful life. And no trouble at all. That That is phenomenal. None, none, whatever. It's been a God's blessing. Very definitely. What would you say to somebody who's having the beginnings of uh, some issues with their heart, with their kidneys or livers or anything that uh, could be transplanted these days? What words of encouragement would you give to them? See a doctor and definitely follow their instructions. And I don't know what else to say, Bart. Well, I tell you, you have said it from the heart, and that is what it is all about. Just speaking from the heart and encouraging people to move forward and and know that uh, it'll work out. Just take each day at a time. That's exactly it. I wish I had said that. That's exactly true. Jan, any uh, any memories you want to share with us this morning from MTSU days or Winchester? Maybe some Winchester folks tuned in this morning. Oh, okay. Uh, most of my relatives are living in Winchester, 
and that's where my parents grew up, Winchester, Deckard, that area. I have family still living in Murfreesboro. My sister is um, residing there, Joyce Hanna, and her son, Kevin Hanna. Their daughter, or her daughter, Lisa Coleman, lives in Nashville, and their oldest son, Mike, lives in southern Florida. But Joyce's home is their gathering place when they all get together. And I have such fond memories of Murfreesboro, the university, and I can even tell you where my dorm was. Which dorm were you in? Back then it was called Dorm B as in boy. Okay, so you were in the high rise? Yes, uh-huh. Cummings. And, it has, and it, now it's probably in the center of the campus, but at the time it was so far back that it was I had to walk, and it was hard to get to classes all the time. It's right, right in the uh, busy part of the campus now. Student I, Union Building I is figured, next to it and everything. I, I figured, but I have such fond memories of that. And I I learned tennis and tried to learn golf through MTSU. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't you. good, but I tried. <laughs> and you had a good time there and got a good education. That's what it's all yes, about. I, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I would encourage anyone in the area to try to go to MTSU. It gave me everything that I needed. Well, Jan, congratulations on being uh, what looks like the longest living recipient of a transplant, uh, the the longest living female uh, with a transplant, and especially a new heart 35 years ago, which has done phenomenally well for you. Uh, Out of curiosity, what's the temperature in sunny Florida right now? It's going to be about the upper 80s we have sunshine and it's just a beautiful day well i tell you i think you beat us there it's uh, 52 degrees but we do have sunshine and our high today here is going to be 70 but uh, a little difference from yours (laughs) you're getting up there you're getting up i i do miss the fall i will say that that the beautiful colors in Tennessee, and we don't have that here. It's just green all the time, which well, is fine. I, I don't you, have a problem. We're going to have a good, bright uh, fall, looks like, this year. And I can look out the window right now and see uh, all the colors of fall beginning on the trees right in front of us. Jan, thank I, you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Bart. And I hope that I've been able to help someone who is waiting for or needs a heart transplant. And your your main word, I believe, when you were talking a moment ago was have patience. Patience, definitely. And don't give up. Very definitely. Never give up. Never, ever give up. Jan, Never give up. Thank you so much for joining us today. I tell you, it's been an inspiration to us. Thank you, Bart, and I've thoroughly enjoyed the time with you. Well, you have a great day. Talk to you later. Thank you.
Jan Chastine Vaughn visiting with us this morning. She uh, lives in Florida. She is an MTSU grad, uh, raised in Winchester, Tennessee, has family all over this area, even right here in Murfreesboro. Stay with us. Much more to come right here on WGNS. That was Jan Chastine Vaughn. We got some good neighbors, and we like bragging on them. Nominate a good neighbor every day. Put it in writing on WGNS. WGNS. AM. As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas's chicken and rice soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States. And you can order that soup online at DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Hi, this is Riley down at Music World and Drummer's Den inviting you to come and shop with us. We're at South Church right across from Indian Hills. So the beauty of our store is we typically beat or match internet pricing. And the cool thing about that is you can try it out. You can actually pick up the instrument and hold it in your hand before you buy it versus online where you can't really see it until you get it in your hands. Come on over to the Music World and Drummer's Den and we'll get you guys taken care of. We're at 2762 South Church right across from Indian Hills. Good morning. Just a few more minutes on that wreck over in Nashville on 24 and Haywood Lane. That's westbound traffic. It's already busy enough now as you come through the construction zone and through the Hickory Hollow area, but it's moving on 24 headed towards Nashville. Watch your speed. Oh, they have really been cracking down out here with some radar. Celebrate autumn this year at Obergallenberg during Oktoberfest now new, uh, through November 1st. Music, food, live entertainment. Visit Obergallenberg.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. This is Good Neighbor Events with Bart Walker. Brought to you by the law offices of John Day and AmeriCare Pest Control. Does your home or business need COVID-19 virus cleaning? Hi, I'm Tom Sweat from AmeriCare Services. We're a locally owned company and we specialize in cleaning and disinfecting for the COVID-19 virus. Our EPA registered and approved products are 100% effective at killing COVID-19. To learn more, contact AmeriCare at 893-7111 or on the web at americareservices.com forward slash coronavirus. Now WGNS Good Neighbor Events. This Saturday, the one coming up, is the Backyard Bash at Cannonsburg. It all benefits the Center for the Arts in Uptown Murfreesboro. And this year's event honors art advocates Gloria and Ted LaRoche. The Backyard Bash is from 5 until 7 this coming Saturday evening over at Cannonsburg. Call the Murfreesboro Center for the Arts for tickets or for more information. And if you live in Murfreesboro, the Fall Leaf Collection is underway now. Our local farmers markets continue now through October, both on the Murfreesboro Square every Saturday from 8 in the morning until noon, and over at the Lane Agri-Park on Tuesday and Friday mornings from 7 until noon. Once again, the farmer's market's continuing through the end of this month. Well, let's talk some local history this Saturday morning from 9 until noon at the old one-room Ransom Schoolhouse. 
717 North Academy Street, a service of the Rutherford County Historical Society. Those are WGNS Good Neighbor events. All that's news with Matt Lane, weekday afternoon. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. The need for blood is constant. From accident victims and premature babies to cancer patients and those with blood disorders. I'm Kathy Farrell with the American Red Cross. Everyday heroes like you can help save up to three lives with just one blood donation. Be a hero. Donate blood. Make your appointment today. Visit redcrossblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Or visit our office at 501 Memorial Boulevard in Murfreesboro. The American Red Cross. Welcome back this morning on our broadcast. We are looking at uh, focusing on health, and we're going to be talking now about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That is what we are in right now. We're focusing on women's health. Uh, we've had uh, already a great conversation with Jan Vaughn over in Del Barry, Florida, and now we're coming back home. <laughs> we're going to head over to St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital and uh, visiting now with Maria Buffalini. Uh, Maria, good morning to you. How's everything at St. Thomas? Good morning. Great to hear from you. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Well, it's good to have you with us, and uh, we may have a, a visit also from Dr. Charlie Wint, uh, who is there in the oncology department at St. Thomas. Uh, are we seeing an increase in breast cancer issues here in Rutherford County and, and around the world? You know, I would say, um, I have to be honest and say, I don't have that information. I'll let Dr. Wen address that if he pops back in with us. Um, I feel like we do have an increase of breast cancer awareness, though, in screening and screening guidelines. And um, I feel like with women's health and with women just communicating with women that, um, you know, this is really helping uh, us. If the numbers are increasing, this is helping with that. We have heard so many times that uh, the doctors working together in the community, we're so fortunate to have that. Uh, the family practitioners and other physicians working together and catching issues like breast cancer early and, and getting them into the oncology departments quickly. Uh, that is, early detection is, uh, is really what's needed. Absolutely. Agree 100%. Um, early detection is key. It's key in outcomes. Um, you know, we recommend that, um, and it's one of the things I really try to advocate, is that moms, women, aunts, um, that they speak to their um, daughters, their nieces, about um, breast cancer awareness and self-breast exams. And, you know, we suggest, and it's suggested that um, girls start doing um, self-breast exams in their mid-20s. This way they learn the architecture of their breasts. They know if there's something that comes up, if there's something that's abnormal. And then for them to go to their, you know, gynecologists, their PCPs, their, um, you know, the Department of Health, if they have any concerns at all about anything that feels abnormal, that is abnormal, you know, with their um, exams. 
Now, with the mammographies, and, and, and I tell you, St. Thomas has done a phenomenal job with uh, the mammograms, with their mammography coach, and with the various uh, events around each throughout the year to, to help support this and bring awareness to it. Uh, at what age do people need to get a mammogram? Um, for women, we suggest that they start their initial um, and their annual screening mammogram at 40. Um, we do recommend that uh, women have clinical breast exams every year starting at the age of 25 um, through 39. This would be, uh, you know, like have their doctor do breast exams on them as well as their own self-breast exams, but then starting at 40 um, for your initial screening mammogram. Now, is breast cancer enhanced, I guess, could be the word, uh, by your diet? Are, are there certain things if we could change our diets, change our habits, that we could reduce our risk of breast cancer? They do say that there is some clinical indication that, um, you know, eating healthy, exercising, all those things can be contributing factors. Okay. Yes, sir. So that's, that's something we need to be aware of. Yes, uh, when, when you have uh, breast cancer and you go through the programs at St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital and all of the ascension works that they are offering, uh, do you sort of uh, find that the, that the women in particular are, are bonding with each other and helping to reinforce each other? Yes, I really, really do. In our particular department, radiation oncology, um, I know that's where I have my experience from. And, um, yeah, the, the women, some of them even once they complete their treatment and we see them on our portion of the journey, you know, they keep in contact with each other. They're very supportive with each other. Um, St. Thomas Rutherford um, and, uh, you know, Ascension as well as St. Thomas West and St. Thomas Midtown, um, you know, they offer um, all different kind of services and things like that for um, our patients. Uh, with breast cancer and, you know, community and encouragement for each other and counseling. And, you know, we do have in our department particularly a full-time social worker um, who can assist with um, finding and helping people point to different programs and things like that and just support groups. Now, we were talking uh, on the last segment with a young lady who has had a heart transplant, and she is the longest living single heart transplant recipient. Uh, has had one for 35 years, worked perfectly, and, wow, and she's, <laughs> she was excited. But uh, yeah. one of the things that she brought up was back when she got her heart transplant, she was looking around to try to find another woman who had had one, but being the first, there was no other woman to talk with. So there's that need of, of uh, sort of reinforcing each other, helping each other, and, and it sounds like that program is alive and well uh, in the breast cancer area. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we always try to um, encourage that, like just, you know, people supporting people, women supporting women, um, breast cancer survivors, you know, supporting breast cancer survivors. Tell us a little about some of those programs. Uh, I, I know that the uh, the comedian, uh, is it Gilda? I've forgotten about but don't don't they have a program that uh, is named in her honor you know bart for that i am not sure of okay. let me i can sure i sure can um get you you know the information oh that's fine yeah for yeah i do know we have um different programs here um that help with meditation with exercise 
um, you know, with groups of women like that, uh, you know, that come together and, again, can support each other and, um, you know, really help each other in that way. Very definitely. So helping each other is an important thing to do. Uh, do you have uh, formal uh, groups that, that work together? Oh, um, excuse me, Dr. Went just popped into my office, so I'm going to go ahead and hand him the phone, and I'll direct the question. Dr. Went, Bart was asking if um, we have seen an increase in numbers in breast cancer patients, and so I'll hand him the phone. Very good. This is Dr. Charlie Witt joining us now. And good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, You were asking, have we seen an increase in the number of breast cancer patients? And indeed, we are seeing an increase. So uh, uh, mostly because of early detection. Uh, We're picking up things that we wouldn't have picked up earlier. But there are some factors involved with uh, uh, our lifestyle and environment that uh, are increasing uh, the rate of cancer here in the United States. In particular, uh, heavier women are more likely to get breast cancer, and we as a nation are getting heavier. Uh, The other factor that is uh, uh, perhaps uh, two other factors that are preventable, uh, alcohol intake, and uh, we are seeing an increase in alcohol uh, consumption, and finally, um, uh, lack of exercise, and those are factors associated with increased uh, risk and rates of breast cancer. So if we could uh, get our diets under control, if we could exercise uh, and do things of this sort, uh, we would be able to reduce our risk of cancer and probably a lot of other things. Oh, indeed, yes. Um, uh, and it, the same factors keep coming up. And uh, 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 I have a few extra pounds myself as a result of the pandemic. And uh, uh, I know from personal experience that they are hard to get rid of. But uh, <laughs> if you can, it, it, it does uh, it does help out. And uh, uh, we should all, not, not all of us, but uh, most of us could use a little bit more mild exercise. It doesn't need to be... Uh, running on the treadmill, it's just walking on the treadmill is very beneficial. And so just walking a little bit each day is is better than nothing, which unfortunately we often go that route. That's right. <laughs> the first steps on the treadmill are the hardest steps That's on the right. treadmill. The, the name we were, when we were talking earlier uh, with Maria, uh, that we were trying to recall was Gilda Radner. And uh, she uh, obviously has a group called Gilda's Club. She passed away uh, due to breast cancer, and uh, but she has uh, a f- club has been formed called Gilda's Club, and they meet regularly. Uh, and we were talking about some of the organizations that are here in Murfreesboro available to women who have breast cancer, so they can get together and and know that that they're not alone in this and they can support each other. So uh, how do you how do you find out about what is available? Um, I would ask your primary care physician or if you do have breast cancer, uh, uh, your medical oncologist, your surgeon, and your, your radiation oncologist uh, have access to those. We do have a breast cancer support group and, and uh, it is active. Um, and uh, and what is the group uh, with the the Susan Coleman group is oh, a, okay. a very active uh, organization that is uh, very helpful and uh, 
Well, if you want something done, get a bunch of women together, and they can figure it out. And Susan Coleman has been just like that, that group. It's a what a great organization that is. And it's good to see that uh, we have connections with so many opportunities to to make life uh, to, as normal as possible. So let's let's say that there's a listener right now and very ch- good chances are that uh, a woman is about to find out in the next week or so that uh, she has breast cancer what what goes through their minds I, i'm sure tara goes through their minds when they find out about it but what would you encourage them to be thinking about in the weeks and months that follow First, the easy thing for me to say and the hard thing for that victim to hear is that most breast cancers are very curable and with treatment. Uh, There are probably some women out in your uh, listening community right now who have a mass that is worrying the fool out of them. Go ahead and get that looked into. Uh, 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 We have access uh, through the through the health clinic if they don't have insurance, and uh, you should know that if they don't have insurance and they are ga- diagnosed with breast cancer, they automatically become eligible for uh, Medicaid here in the state of Tennessee, so they can get treatment. Uh, that's a thing to know. Um, there are people. <laughs> they should know that there are a lot of people in this region with breast cancer who are long-term survivors, and sometimes getting together with those folks is uh, a great help. Um, in addition, uh, most hospital chains, including our own, have breast cancer coordinators who can help uh, get them both the. Uh, um, the medical care that they need, and also the psychological and physical support. I think you hit on something, money, uh, which is a concern of a lot of people, and they have discovered that there's something unusual on their breast, and, and they, it's almost like they want to put it off and hope it goes away. That's definitely the worst thing you can do, because isn't early detection the, the prime factor in, in, in quick recovery? Absolutely. And uh, mammography is one of the uh, factors that has been shown to reduce the risk of breast cancer death. And every person in Rutherford County can get a mammogram uh, uh, either through their insurance or if they're not insured, uh, go into the health clinic and uh, that, uh, or the the San Luis Clinic, that, that those are good options for them. Uh, and, and yes, indeed, early intervention has been shown to reduce your risk of dying of breast cancer. And that's been, um, boy, I, I, we do better radiation than we did uh, when I got out of uh, uh, training 32 years ago. The medical oncologists have improved and the surgical oncologists have improved. But Probably the single most important fact, no, not probably, the single most important factor has been early detection with good mammography. Very definitely. Well, that's good to hear. Now, if a woman is listening right now who does not have a family uh, physician, uh, they don't go to see a doctor on a regular basis, and they've discovered something uh, in their breast, should they go to where should they go? Because uh, and they're afraid to go anywhere because they don't have any money. What should they do? 
Um, let me hand you off to Maria and let me uh, tell her what the question is. Uh, she'll have a better access than I do on that. Okay, very good. We're going to go over and uh, talk with Maria at this point. Uh, she's a registered nurse and the radiation oncology supervisor at Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford. Maria? Yes, sir. Yes, uh, I'm back. Okay. We were just uh, <laughs> asking, with a person listening right now, and there, there's a lot of people who just don't have money, uh, and they don't even see a, a, a physician on a regular basis, but let's say they have discovered something different on their breast and they're concerned about it, but they don't have money and they're afraid to bring it up, uh, which is the worst thing to do. They need to get attention to that quickly. Uh, what what would be their first stop? Do they go to the emergency room? Uh, what, what do they do? I would go to the Department of Health. Um, they could be, uh, you know, they could discuss um, their situation with them. They could um, find them a primary care physician. They could um, help point them in the correct direction. Um, and then also at St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, we have the St. Louise Clinic, which is a fabulous um, institution. It's a fabulous um, physician's office where people can go in who are who have in the situation that you're talking about where they could go in they can get checked they can see a, a nurse practitioner they can see a physician and they also can direct them um, in the area of where they can get you know their mammogram and um, you know with uh, with have the patient be eligible for um, you know either um, mammogram like a free mammogram, or mm -hmm. they can be eligible for discounts, or you know, there's uh, they would ha ask them and request them to um, fill out some documentation. But the hospital is, you know, that's a part of our mission is, you know, we absolutely want to make sure that everybody's cared for. So please don't, please, please, please do not let that be a hesitation. We do have um, breast nurse navigators, we do have social workers, we have all these. Uh, catches put into place so that people in our community can be cared for. So the main thing is don't wait around. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Please, please, please. I implore, I beg, we beg. <laughs> please, you know, take care of yourself. It's so important. You're your best advocate. You are absolutely your best advocate to get this um, process initiated, and then we here at St. Thomas Rutherford will take it from there to help you. Very good. Do you think there will ever be a time when we don't have breast cancer or cancer as a whole? Because Dr. Went was telling us some things that we need to do to reduce our risk. And if by some miracle people listened and, and started losing weight, eating properly, exercising, things, things that we know we should do anyway, let's say they started doing that, would we see a dramatic decrease in such things as breast cancer. You know, I uh, agree 100% with Dr. Went. I think we, we I think that's very impactful. Um, Dr. Went and I have worked together for 14, almost 15 years. I'm here at the Radiation Center along with Dr. Brian Lee, and, um, you know, just to see the changes in the science um, is incredible. Uh, and, again, people can be their best advocates. If they can try and, you know, eat well and exercise, and just like Dr. Went said, if, you know, whatever they can do, one step is better than no steps you know, for the day. Um, to answer if we think cancer or breast cancer will ever be eradicated, you know, it's my prayer. 
that is my prayer. Um, but, uh, you know, we can start just by the fact of, you know, taking care of ourselves and trying to take care of ourselves and advocate for ourselves with early detection. Very definitely. So these are things that early detection is is just, it's, it I, I makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So just get with uh, the St. Louis Clinic, and, and that's over on North Highland. It's on Highland, yes, sir. And if um, people have access to a computer or a library, you know, they sure can Google for the address or call the hospital. Um, you know, they can sure give them um, the address, but, you know, it's, it's, they do have a website available. Okay, and some wonderful folks over there. We've had them on the radio before, and they really are a caring group of people. So. Uh, yeah. Agree 100%. Very wonderful folks there. In fact, uh, we're so fortunate to have Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital and all of its associates uh, who are in the community making this a better place. Uh, As far as uh, this period of COVID-19, the pandemic that we're in, has this created uh, issues in dealing with breast cancer? Has it made it more difficult? Um, As far as our job, um, I would say no, because we're still going to, uh, you know, give and provide the same great care. Um, But my concern is, I know our doctor's concern is for patients, you know, we don't want them to be fearful to come to the hospital. You know, that's why I said, please come, please come, please get checked. If you're eligible for a mammogram, please do if you're of that age group. Um, because we have, the hospital has gone through great lengths in every area of the hospital to um, protect our patients and our staff. So, you know, the, the cleaning is incredible. Everybody's masked. You know, I mean, it's just um, please, please, please don't let that stop you from coming to get your screening mammogram or a mammogram or going to see your doctor. Okay. So uh, quickness is the importance uh, in in making all of this work properly. We have about a minute and a half left in our broadcast this morning. And are there any things that you would like to reemphasize, underline, and make sure that the message got across? Um, yes, mammography, mammography, mammography. Please, please, please um, get your mammograms if you're 40 years old or older um, and or if you uh, notice anything abnormal in your breasts. Please make sure that you go have a professional um, check your breasts if you're a woman over 25 years of age and forward. Um, and, you know, mamas and aunts and grandmas, please talk to your 20-somethings and let them start uh, and educate them on self-breast exams. And um, most importantly, uh, please, please don't um, be afraid. Please come, please get treatment, and um, please take care of yourselves because, and be partners with us to take care, uh, to let us help take care of you. And very definitely. And remember that uh, there are people there who are in the same boat that you're in, and just being able to talk with somebody else is so important. We do thank you for joining us and sharing this information today. We've been talking with Maria Buffalini, the RN and Radiation Oncology Supervisor at Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, along with Dr. Charles Wint, an oncologist at the facility there. Uh, thank you both for joining us today. 
Oh, you're welcome, and you all have a great rest of your day. We shall do it. Thank you again. With that information, she's going to help us uh, make sure and have a great rest of our life. So move forward if you have those issues. Don't wait around. Let's, let's get some help. That's going to do it for our program today. We thank you for joining us. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.